Welcome back to the Solidarity Podcast, where we share stories to connect with one another, find comfort in life's challenges, and to celebrate the solidarity that is being a woman. I'm your host, Riley. We only have two episodes left this season, which is crazy, but I'm really excited. I'm feeling it. I need a break. Um, I have a crazy toddler, which we're going to talk about today. So if you've got a toddler, definitely stay tuned. Um, And uh, I'm 12 weeks pregnant while recording this. And I'm just done. I'm like, I'm very happy with how the season went and I've been uh really loving the conversations we've gotten to have but I am ready for a break I'm burning out and yeah love those built-in breaks that I I prioritize which is really important like even in creative things it's awesome but you got to take breaks all right so anyway jumping into today's episode I am excited to share with you some thoughts I've had recently in my motherhood journey so Hayden is 16 months at the end of this week which is crazy but we're definitely feeling it he's really a lot of fun right now but I'm also really exhausted he's everywhere all the time he knows what he wants and at the same time has no idea what he wants which is pretty difficult and he's not quite talking yet which has made the communication element exasperating (laughs) to say the least so it's been really hard to not get frustrated with him my natural response to tantrums a lack of cooperation and whining is to yell it's what's ingrained in me and it's really hard to not snap but that's not the mom i want to be i don't ever want him to feel like he doesn't have a voice like he can't have hard days or express his feelings and that i can't be his safe place because that's literally my job to be his safe place and to be the adult and handle things calmly and have patience even when I don't understand or think his feelings should be valid because the reality is that I'm not in his brain and so what he is feeling is valid and true regardless of my perspective. The circumstances might not be completely evident to him or understandable but that doesn't make his reaction and feeling towards the situation any less real for him and how I react to his feelings now will set the foundation and the bar for how I react as he gets older. If he doesn't feel like he can cry or tell me if something's wrong now, he definitely won't when he gets older if he thinks I don't care or won't give him the space he needs to process in whichever way he naturally processes. A lot, I know. And sometimes for kids, this is verbally. Sometimes it's physically and it's just emotionally and any combination of that is fine. Now, I'm not saying you're going to let your kid walk all over you and control you, but you don't get to control their emotions either. Sitting with them while they cry and offering a solution and loving arms rather than telling them to get over or deal with it is one way to affirm that feeling, even if you don't understand that. I like to think of it as like, what would you want from somebody else if you were feeling a really hard emotion or needed support? So what would you want as an adult? So we should be giving our kids even more of that. So if they're a physical processor, give them a pillow to punch or a safe place to let out their anger or sadness. They don't get to hit you, but they can still process in a way that meets their body's needs. Punching something that is safe and redirecting their physical emotion in a healthy and safe space will teach them to naturally redirect and process in a way that respects others. Simply ignoring the the punching or telling them that they're being bad only suppresses the emotion or makes it worse to the point where they'll start to be physically violent with others, especially those who won't or can't stand up for themselves. And that can lead to a cycle of abuse. And I don't say any of this to guilt anyone who's not handled these situations in this way, because I certainly have not every single time. Um, but it's really interesting, like, watching this movement grow of 
conscious parenting and being really intentional with how we're reacting to our children's emotions and trying to change the way that we view feelings and emotions and the way that we process things honestly because a lot of us now don't have very healthy coping mechanisms for how we process and so we either get really depressed or anxious or we go within ourselves or we go without or outside of ourselves and try to disassociate or we turn to substances or other things to try and cope and if we had healthy coping mechanisms for how to handle our emotions and support from the adults in our life I think that there can be a lot of great change so it's not I'm not necessarily like on the whole gentle parenting train. I think it can be great in a lot of ways, but I think it's also not serving some needs. And so it's like trying to find a middle ground. But what all that to say, being a conscious parent takes a lot of work and it's exhausting. And people can make you feel bad for handling your child in that way. And it can also be easy to snap and lose sight of all of those intentions and yell at your child when you didn't intend to. And there's a lot of room for error and it can lead to a lot of feelings of guilt. Mom guilt is a really hard topic because we all feel it pretty much every day. We feel guilty if we're working too much and our kids are begging us to play, but we just can't. We feel guilty if we take a second to scroll on social media instead of doing the third basket of laundry that day. We feel guilty if we take a shower that lasts a few minutes longer than you told your husband it would be. We feel guilty if we let our emotions run wild and yell and scream. We feel guilty if we don't feel like cooking that night. We just feel a lot of guilt. I saw a really good post the other day on Instagram from at momlife underscore comics, and it was so relatable. She was sharing the mom guilt cycle, and basically it says, start here, and then it says, society tells mom that they should be able to do it all. Then the next stage is, mom tries to do it all, and she feels overwhelmed and anxious. And then, mom fails at doing it all because it's impossible, of course. And then, mom feels guilty and unworthy because she's, quote-unquote, failing at everything. And then mom seeks answers and help from society and then we're right back to the beginning where society answers with telling mom that she should be able to do it all isn't that the truest thing ever i know i've personally felt this many times in my life if not daily i feel like my breaking point is with hayden because he's 16 months and i get so tired and i lose my mind so easily he's in that really weird in-between stage of he's not a baby anymore but he's not quite a toddler So he understands when he's doing something irritating and he's really smart and like very much aware of what he's doing, but at the same time still has such an innocence about him. And so it's really hard not to get mad and to lose it, but also trying to have grace and understanding as he just figures out how the world works. And I have such little patience and when I load up my plate too much, especially in the mornings when I have the most time with him and he's the grumpiest, which I call my pinch points of the day. We end up all upset. Now, I'm not saying I can do everything. In fact, I actually have been taking more off my plate so that I can be better in areas that actually matter. And that's a matter of slowing down, which means having to say no. I've been setting a lot of boundaries so that I can be a better mom. And this means getting out of the house at least once a week and once a week by myself. Both of my church commitments check that box and it allows me to serve and see friends. So that's been helpful. But I'm also trying to like do something for myself too outside of that. And seriously, multitasking outings have taken so much stress off my plate. So if I can like check multiple boxes at one time, I do. But also like gas prices. So, (laughs) But it also means like prioritizing nourishing food and movement so that my physical and chemical mental health is in check. 
I've set boundaries for my friendships, which I've never been good at before. And I know now that it's a sign of a healthy friendship if you can have these and they still love you and want you around when you can show up without breaking yourself to be there. And thankfully, I have wonderful friends who understand when I can't show up, but I also make an effort to show up when I can and when they need me. I know this is a healthy friendship, but this is also a bit of an anomaly for me, so it's something I've actually had to learn to do intentionally. I've set boundaries with ministry, and I've had to because I love to serve and jumping in feet first is my natural response, but I've had to pace myself so I don't burn out and so that I don't take too much time away from my precious evening family time. I've been honest about when and what I can do, even if it means disappointing people and not being a people pleaser at the cost of my mental and physical health. I've also been setting boundaries with work, too. I pick a few things to do each day, and then that's it. I don't add more unless it's an emergency. Most things can be done tomorrow, and I've set boundaries with the types of clients I'm working with. I'm working with people who respect me and my time and my family and faith, so I know it's not going to be a problem anyways. I've been trying to be done with work by dinner time and only working when Hayden and Dustin are working, napping, or playing. And yes, those three are interchangeable for them. And finally... I've been honest about when I need a break from my son. Sometimes this just means hiding in bed while Hayden and Dustin play in another room, and sometimes it means a hot long shower, and sometimes it means actually physically leaving the house and sending Hayden to family for the day. Whatever I need, I ask for it, because if I get what I need, I'm a better mom and wife and friend. So, if you need permission to let go of the guilt and set boundaries, here it is. Do it for your mental and physical health. Do it for your family. You've got this. Start small and work your way from there. I promise it only gets better. Even if you do have to explain yourself a bit and have some trial and error, it is worth it. Don't let the fear of being misunderstood stop you from making change. Thank you so much for listening in this week. Check out the show notes for information on how to connect, subscribe, and share if you'd like. And I'll meet you back here next Wednesday for a new episode. As always, I'm so glad you're here. You are wanted, needed, and loved. I see you, I hear you, and you, my love, by the grace of God, you are enough.